3: Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans.
4: I'm incredibly fond of Everton. I'm incredibly fond of Bill Kenwright. But when you lose £139 million, in the year ending 1920, before you even post the figures for 2021, you can't put forward the argument that you're a well-won club. They're on catch-up, aren't they? But there's catch-up, Trevor, and there's catch-up. If you've lost £139 million in one season, which is 1920, before you get into the 2021 season where you're going to be really impacted yeah. by COVID, then your losses are going to be significant. You're going to be in the financial fair play sanctioning territory. That might explain the reasons why they're not buying any players, because simply they can't act, they're not able to. Um, And if you look at their signings, You know, you would have to suggest that some of those signings aren't the greatest of signings at at face value. I think they're all over the place. So you've got to suggest to yourself that this is a club that, despite my great affection for them, are struggling. They're struggling with the transition from Bill Kenwright to a billionaire owner that's trying to find his feet and yet build this club, propel it to a direction where Everton fans want it. They've got a stadium move, which will, of course,
0: be an amazing amazing
4: opportunity for them. But they've got to get the fabrics of this football club right.
5: Hello and welcome back to A View from the Bullins. And that was, of course, Simon Jordan this morning on Talk Sport, talking about Everton transfers and Marcel Brands. With me today, Jack Kemp, Ben Stanley, Lee McLean, and Michael Ball. Ben, the transfer window is now shut. It's finished. Five ins, nine outs. What are your initial thoughts?
6: Oh, God, this is going to be a difficult podcast, this one, but uh, we'll have a crack at dissecting it all. Um, where to start? Do you know what I'm going to start on, Mick? I'm going to start on the growth negligence of Marcel Brands, not sorting out a right-back, because I feel like it's a position that we've needed to fill, not only this summer, but for the past three years, minimum. And we knew when this window opened that we needed a right-back as a matter of priority. That was one of my number one positions that I wanted to fill. Seamus Coleman's been a brilliant servant for the football club, and um, still is and he starts the season really well. But my issue is when, obviously, if he picks up a knock, which he can't play all the games. He's 32, now he's 33 years of age. He, he can't be expected to play 40 games a season. And then you're looking at your John Joe Kenny on the bench and even your Mason Holgate to fill in there. It's just not good enough. So I don't understand, and I don't understand the reasoning behind Everton for trying to scrape together a last-minute loan deal for a right-back. Clearly, we put all our eggs in one basket for Denzel Dumfries, which clearly wanted European football, went to Inter Milan. And then we still had a few weeks then to try and go for different players. We went for Patterson at Rangers twice, which has widely been reported, and got rejected twice. Um, clearly, they wanted up and beyond of 10 to 15 million pounds, which we didn't want to pay, which is fine. But then you need to have some sort of contingency and to be scraping around on transfer deadline day for Ashley Maitland-Niles and then even Kyle Walker-Peters on loan within the last last day is is not good enough. Um, and I just wanted to start off to make that point. It's not good enough because that was a, a key position to get right. So I'm glad I got that off my chest. Now, let's go on to the other signings. Obviously, look at Damari the, the Gray for £1.6 million he's been hit the ground running. Exactly what we've needed for years. Power, pace. Andros Townsend's coming on a three, working his backside off whenever he gets the chance. Begovic is savvy, which I think I believe is a really good deal to get in. So obviously a challenge Pickford. Um, Lonergan is obviously a bit of an injury to um, Tyra in the in the in like obviously the under twenty three. So he needs to come in just in case. So. We've had a lot of outs as well, so we've got a few whack off the wage, but I do think the most keen deal to Juventus could be a blessing in disguise as long as he hits those targets, which could guarantee us a future revenue of £28 million in a couple of seasons. Um, obviously, initially, we've got a £3 million loan fee for this year and then a £4 million loan fee for the following year. So I don't know how these Italian teams do these deals, but they seem to love it. But we need to get over the fact that we've only spent £1.6 million. as so just... <laughs> Forget that figure. We've brought in some players who have added to the squad from last year and have improved us. I, I, I think they have improved us. Now, if, if we sat here saying we signed Damari Gray for 15, 20 million pounds, then I wouldn't be batting an eyelid. I'd say, oh, no, great bit of business. Um, Obviously, Diaz as well. Um, and with Porto, they changed the goalpost within the last minute and wanted more money. Now, the previous Everton of, of old would have just threw the money at him. Um, and what people need to realise is, Mick, is this isn't a game of football manager. We can't just go out and select anyone. one, you, you, you and you, get in now, we're going to pay the money because we've, it's been widely reported by journalists and uh, by people um, on the Bullens boardroom on here of just how much financial constraints we've been under and it's near enough touching £200 million in the red because that's what it is. But I feel like Everton need to have a spokesman to address the fans to basically say, look, We've overspent. We've got, um, we've got players there who, let's be honest, to put it into a bit of a theory. We've got food there that's overpriced and out of date so we can't get rid of them. People don't want to buy them uh, and people are just turning a blind eye to them. So they're just going to sit at Everton being on more money and just think, I'm not going anywhere because I'm on 120 grand a week. Why, why, why do I need to move? Everton offered me the contract and I took the contract so they need to honour it. So certain players are just sitting there earning a wage and other teams obviously you, have, you look at Hammers Rodriguez for instance no one's saying he wants to leave I think Everton wants him off the wage bill to clear the money for obviously Diaz so if he can get put towards that deal you pay Diaz 90 grand um, a week say, for argument's sake and Porter look to pay the other 100, 100 grand of his 190 grand a week wages that frees up his wages for the season and basically pays the 5.2 million pound immortalisation cost for Diaz for that season so It was all about installments going forward. I know people are saying, how are we bidding 30, 40 million pounds for these players? Now, the way transfers are working is different teams, different clubs style the way in which they receive this money differently. So Dwight McNeil at Burnley, Burnley wanted the whole money up front, which clearly we're not in a position to do, of how bad our accounts are. Porto were a bit more open to receive the payments over a certain number of years, and it just broke down Um, also, changed the goalpost, wanted more money. We didn't go for it and we missed out on another winger. But look, as a positive, we kept the Charleston, we've kept Calvert Lewin, um, and Rodriguez, in my eyes, is still the best footballer ever, football club and he's still in our squad. Now, I'm going to put a plea there to Rafa and James to sort out their differences because we're going to need him now. That replacement didn't come in. So he's going to be a key part of this squad going forward and we need him. We need him fit. We need him to chip in. We need him to get on the end of these assists again, get a few goals because the rotation is going to be key. It really, really is. So overall, I know it's a low fee, but we've managed to bring in five players who, in my eyes, have improved the squad. Now, we are going to be short sure to probably left-back and right-back, which I've talked on before. And I'm, I'm, I'm furious over that because if we would have picked up a right-back I feel like this podcast will go in a different ja- uh, direction. I feel like we could all agree and say it's been a solid window for the price we paid, but we're not talking about that. We didn't get a right back. Um, so, on the, do the club feel like they've got enough ammo in the, uh, the armory? I don't know. Lucas Dean, if he picks up an injury, Godfrey can quite happily sit in there at left back. Then I had a few arguments on Twitter last year and we were going through our best run. Uh, with Godfrey at left-back and Holger getting right-back, when obviously there were no fans present. And we went on that really good, good run where we put a few performances together and picked up a lot of points. So we can do it. There are alternatives, but I just wish we'd signed a right-back. That is just my gripe for this season. I feel like Marcel Brands has failed in that department for me, Mick. And So overall, it's probably about a 5 or 6 out of 10 for me. That's how I feel towards it.
5: Lee, a five or six out of ten for for Ben for the transfer window. I'm fully anticipating the group tonight to be probably a bit split on our opinions. What are your initial thoughts now the window's closed?
3: Um, I'll probably go along with that, maybe four instead of a five. Um, For me, it's more the build-up to yesterday's non-event. It's just pure anger, frustration at how the club have let ourselves get in this position. And you know the things that have been said in the media, you know, acknowledged across across the Evertonian population on Twitter, etc. is bang on, and that's obviously it's gross mismanagement of finances and transfer dealings over the last five or six years has finally caught up with us, and we are ultimately reaping what we've sown. But regardless of FFP, like Ben's touched on there, Brand Brand's has got a job to do. One of his main jobs and his main priorities this summer had to be to source and find a right back and land his target. So we knew what the restrictions were for a long time. We've known them for a long time. Getting a right back in was especially important. It was imperative for the season going forward and he's failed. So he's let the club down. I think you listen to Rafa Benitez after the game and he's talking uh, at the weekend against Brighton and he's talking about, you know, looking forward to bringing a couple of players in. So, I think he's let Benitez down as well, um, which, it, which is a shame. Um, I think Ben, again, is right. I think we've put all our eggs in one basket for Denzel Dumfries, and we've taken our eye off the ball and possibly missed other targets. You know, we could have you know acted quicker and offered more for Patterson at Rangers, who I think is a better age and also a better profile. Uh, I don't think Dumfries... Is a particularly good defender, and perhaps Ball, you can shed more light on that. Um, but ultimately, we've been left ridiculously thin, especially in the fullback areas. The squad looks threadbare. I worry if we pick a couple of injuries up, especially around that busy time around Christmas and in, in December, um, we could struggle. Um, regardless of injuries, by the way, Seamus Coleman's 33. He can't be expected to play. He's proven last season, the season before, he can't play two games in a week. He can't play consecutive games for the for the full season, um, and he's a year older now. You know this has been this has been a, a predicament Everton have been in for three four years, and to be sat here in summer 2021 with still no right back in place to challenge Coleman and ultimately take over from him is alarming. You know that if I did my job that badly, and I dare say this applies for everyone here, we I, I would be out of a job. So. You know, regardless of everything else, and yes, there are other positives, Damari Gray being the, I think, the standout one, to, to not have addressed that and to have let some players go out on loan without really replacing them. I just think it's a very underwhelming window. Rondon does nothing for me. Just thinks of a mid-table signing. Um, I just don't rate rate him at all. I think he's another Nias Strackelerzy type player. I'd be very, very happy to be proven wrong, as always, and I'll get behind him because he's going to be wearing an Everton shirt, but didn't, didn't really do anything for me. But I think I'm just more angry and frustrated at the bigger picture, Mick, and it seems to me that this FFP is just a one big joke and it's there to serve one purpose and that's to keep the top six clubs where they are and preserve their status towards the top of the league, and it prevents teams like us, Villa, whoever else who are trying from getting close to them. So, what is it? It's not a competition. That's not sport. That's that's a scripted what it's like WWE. That's that's what I'd compare it to. It's it's ridiculous. But one positive that I also want to point out that I mentioned on Twitter today was it it's now we've now been left with our most talented footballer, and let's not forget it, and let's not be blinded to the fact James Rodriguez is our best player in that squad by it by some considerable distance. And without him last season, we'd have finished about 15th. If it wasn't for his goals, his creativity, his spark, you know, he he, he won us a lot of games last year. So it'd be criminal, I think, not to utilise a player of his calibre, even if it is only for four months until January or nine months until the end of the season. He's here. Like Ben said, I think it's a great point. I think I'd, I'd play towards him and, and Benitez. If there are differences, we are assuming that there are differences between the two, that he can work them out and he can be an asset forever because we're going to need him. With the squad being this thin, we're going to need him. So overall, Mick, I think I made, made no, um, you know, didn't try and hide the fact that I was really disappointed with the window last night and I just can't get over the fact we haven't signed a right back. That's the one thing. It's, it's the sort of bad taste that's lingering in my mouth. So there, there's my thoughts on it.
5: Jack, I want to give everyone their fair share of opinion on this one before we go into it too, in too much detail. What are your initial thoughts on the transfer window?
1: Um, I can only really echo what Ben and Leah said. I think it's negligent of Brands not to have brought in a right back who can, first of all, push Coleman and then obviously take over from him, just like Dean did with, with Leighton Baines. Um, I, I do, I do sort of scratch my head at what Brands has done for the past sort of three months since the Premier League season sort of finished. I know. It's always difficult when there is a tournament in the summer to sometimes get deals done. But I look at Townsend and I look at Rondon, for example, and those two players are um, known to Benitez. He's managed them before. So it's, it's quite plausible to think that they are two players that Benitez identified and said, I know they're available and I want them too. Um, Damari Gray, yeah, look, you know, we're... I'm banging the same drum as everyone else. He looks, looks an absolute bargain. And like I think it was Ben just said, if Everton had paid £20 million for him, you'd still be saying it was good business at the minute. You know, Lonigan, Begovic, yeah, OK, you need backup goalkeepers. But I'm not sure what Brands has been doing. Like He hasn't brought anyone in, maybe apart from Damari Gray. Um, and, and remember, you know, he, he's paid handsomely and we brought him to the club to, unearth players and to scout and to find those players that don't cost huge huge money but we can bring into the club, we can nurture and then if they want to leave then Everton make a huge profit on them Um, so I I wouldn't say any more than five, six out of ten I don't think it's quite as bad as when Everton didn't get a replacement for Lukaku but it's bordering on it. It's getting close because I think Ben is absolutely right. This wasn't the first window that Everton have cried out for a right back. I'm, you know, I know pre-podcast we were just talking and I I said, what, 18 months? And, and Ben said longer, maybe three, four years. So you're talking, what, six, seven transfer windows? And that has not been... Um, it's not been sorted out. Luca Dean, I think, joined in 2017 and everyone saw straight away what a great footballer he was. And he slowly took Leighton Bain's place. And since that point, fans have been saying, right, now we need the right back sorted. And we're three, four years down the line and we're still no closer. And again, just like Ben and Lee, why are Everton scratching around on deadline day? I hate deadline day because it shows a complete lack of planning when you're scratching around for players. You know, you see some clubs who just say straight away, we're not doing any business because they've done their business prior to it. You know, it, it, you shouldn't leave it till the very last day. It's like you're handing, in, you're handing in your dissertation at university. You do not leave it till the last day because it's a lack of planning. You get it sorted early on. You get it planned. You get it organised. And again, it, it, it's just it's just Everton, isn't it? They seem to scratch around a lot on the last day. But this time, unfortunately, they haven't got in what they wanted.
5: Paulie, I know you've been sitting tight and you're waiting for your opinion. What What are your initial thoughts now? Obviously, the transfer window is
2: closed. Well, I agree with all what the boys have said, and their opinions are, are spot on, and and on the same wavelength as myself, really. But yeah, it it shouldn't shock us. We knew what uh, the situation we put ourselves in. Uh, we knew FAP was going to be a headache this summer, um, and yeah, I feel. Brands has, has let the club down and let Rafa down on the right-back situation. Well trying to twist instead of going over what the lads have said, which I fully agree with. You know, you've got to try and think of the question you need to ask in a transfer window. Are we better side now than what we were before? And I think the answer to what we've shown so far is probably yes. Would they like more players to come in? Yeah, of course. I think it could have been a lot better. I think Rafa's probably come in being promised, you know, opinions of himself, which we've seen at Rondon. Um, and Townsend to come in so do trust the draft on that um, right back situation we're not in Europe we haven't got plenty of games to play well, we hope we have with the domestic football but if we were in Europe maybe them right back situations could have been pushed over the line but then also do we panic and bring in a player in and then we tie them on a three four year deal when he won't be first choice uh, You know, will we go back for Patterson in January or in the summer Patterson highly rated up at Rangers, but he hasn't played many games. He's played a lot of 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes because their key player and captain's Tavernier is the main right back. So he's still unproven, but highly, highly rated. Um, and he looks like he's got everything to, to, to come down to the Premier League. So he could be one to revisit. So maybe, I don't know, but maybe that is the reason why we sort of, we're going to wait till January or the summer to bring in someone a long-term replacement for Coleman. But I do agree that it would be nice to have someone um, to challenge Seamus. We know his age, as, as Lee said, he's spot on again. That The way Col- Coleman plays, he's not a Tony Hibbert. He doesn't sit in, in his position and just defend and get to the halfway line and he can manage that. Seamus loves bombing forward. And that takes a lot of energy out, no matter how, how old you are. And his demands on his body you know, to play two or three times a week you know, might start showing again like it did last year. And if, if he's out... We have got replacements. I think Godfrey's probably shown when he's played fullback, um, you know, he's pretty capable of playing there. Um, Centred half, obviously, we know that's his main position, but I feel sometimes he's experiencing at centre half, he's more reactive with his pace and his power. He gets in lots of difficult situations, but I think at right back and left back, he's just sort of more reactive at this moment in time. But the, obviously, the issue is when we do get suspend, suspensions and, and, um, and injuries, that knowing our look, our sort of mixed 11, you know, if we've got to play Delph fullback or John Joe or Holgate again, like it showed last year at Holgate right back against the bigger teams, it shows that is our weak link. Um, has Rafa come to sort of steady the ship for the 18 months, two years? You know, it's, it seems to, for me, because we've overspent, you know, you know, since, well, the biggest money I think was 2017, nearly just under 140 million pounds. And it showed splashing that cash doesn't get your success. Um, And I feel that probably the club are more realistic now that they think, well, we want to attract the players who are going to get us into Europe, but we know we can't afford to bring European players to our football club, so we need a manager in, a coach who can get the best of the squad we've got. We'll try and bring in the odd one or two players to sort of creep up that league. And if we're challenging there or thereabouts, great. But it's very wishful thinking. You know, where we finished last year was very, very, very disappointing, especially because of the start we had. And you look at the, the the league, and you go right. We need to close the gap. Which players are going to try and close the gap, and which teams are going to spend? And if you look at the money spent with you know Villa and Leeds, West Ham, and you know and obviously Arsenal, you know, those teams are going to be trying to fight for that top six. Where we're going to be, um, are we miles behind them? You know, you know it's very early on in the season, but it's just my thinking. Is because we're not in Europe, they probably think they can get away with the squad. It's very, very thin. We're going to be asking a lot of DCL again. We're going to be asking a lot of Richie again. Spot on what Ben said. I think the positives are that we kept them too. And, and obviously, hammers is there. James, with, with, with Sigurdsson out, that could be a huge opportunity for him. And as for the fans, I'm desperate for the fans to go and see this guy play football. Um, Hopefully, his differences can get washed aside. He's here at the football club. He'll want to be professional. Rafa said he's professional. Um, And if he is professional, Enough person, Rafa, that he thinks Hammers is the is our best player. He needs to find a position for him. Yes, we do need to carry him at times. Uh, but there'll be certain games, certain opportunities, especially with Goodison, that we'll be able to pop on and and break them lines. We know when we play games at Goodison, that team do sit back on us and we find it difficult and we show he's got the quality to do that cross, that pass, that through ball, that just make that slight, slight difference when we're struggling to to you know to break down the opposition. So yeah, I'm disappointed in transfer window. I'm not shocked in it at all. Um, I think that Everton came out very early on in the media regarding FSP, and I think a lot of clubs knew we were stuck. So I think Everton but trying, almost trying penny pinch a little bit and try and get cheaper deals. Um, the right back situation, we always knew he was going to go to. You want to be a football club, so. If they were at all, like one basket for Dumfries, I think that's naive of us. Um, The year before, he wanted to go to basically Raymond's at Barcelona. So to think that we're going to get him at Everton was I think we were were dreaming a little bit. He was hoping for the European football team to come in. It came in and that sort of took him away from the Goodison Park, unfortunately. Um, The um, outs, Bernard went out, huge wage bill. So that's, you know, that's good. Keane's gone out, huge wage bill. So financially, it's a good window. Um, but you know you, you, I still feel we need another centre half another right back probably another winger um, and the quality we brought in Rondon I know these thoughts on him I've, I've heard a, a Newcastle song about him which uh, it made me laugh but it made me made me cringe as well but look I, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to see what he's all about you know if he puts that blue shirt on we'll get behind him. if he bangs the, the goals in and he, he puts he puts himself about and you know Good luck to him. You know, but he's 31. we have given a two or three year deal, which is quite surprising. But that's where we've just got to trust Rafa. Rafa's worked with him. So Rafa thinks he's got the ability to, you know, from China to come back and adapt again to the Premier League. Um, and obviously, we need someone to help DCL and, and, and Richie when needed. Um, And then that way, you've just got to trust Rafa Benitez. Uh, we said it last year a lot. We had to trust him, Carlo. You know, and the, the amount of strange decisions Carlo had made we were scratching our heads but sometimes it worked sometimes it, it baffled us but we didn't we didn't really get onto Carlo we thought just trust him he knows football more than us and I think we've just got to be the same again with Rafa he, he, obviously he's been promised more players with his comments but it is what it is you knew the situation before he were signed to the football club they were probably hoping and gambling keen would have gone a lot earlier and would have given us a bit more time to do a bit more bargaining to get players in Um. The keen thing, it surprises me, the the money and how it's been broken down. Uh, The the loan fees seem very small for me, for a player of his age and his talent. Um, But it's guaranteed money for us, I suppose. And you'd hope to make a huge profit of him, but he he didn't, you know, he didn't do anything. He didn't want to be at the football club. He was sulking when he got his opportunities, you know. We were praying, or I was as a fan, but hoping to be, you know, a legend for the football because we looked like he could he could do something and be an icon for us, but unfortunately his face didn't fit, he didn't want to be here. And you just got to get rid of him. So yet yeah, it's 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 unlucky we, we couldn't make a massive profit on him. Um and he's soaked his way out back to Juventus to have a bit of an easier life. So it's uh, good riddance for him and a, a huge opportunity for others. Garden right back again, we've had Sidibi in loan, that never worked out. But what's going on with our youth system are under 23s? You know, we've said we've had a right back problem for you know four, five, six years. So what's going on with our academy? You know, we've got to look at academy. Yes, we like to see big players and big names come to the football club, but even the man united and you know, they still breathe in the youngsters to come through and give them opportunities and pathways. I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing who's coming through the youth system. We were bang ready to play Premier League football. And that's a huge issue for me because we're going to have to spend bigger, you know, windows in the next few years. But also we need to balance act as well of of youth or trying to get these bargains, which they have with Damari Gray. But Damari Grays don't come. You know, they're not growing on trees, are they, them type of buys And they are gambles, but he's just showing the hunger, his attitude, the way he's playing. We, all the lads on the podcast have been speaking about that's the type of player we've needed at the football club to go direct and show a bit of quality. Um, so fingers crossed we can continue our, our good start so far um, and yeah there's room for improvements we know that but yeah disappointed with the transfer window but not shocked at all
5: Jack before we move on to other players the right back is obviously a hot topic at the moment Marcel Brands loaned out John Joe Kenny a couple of times once to Schalke Wants to Celtic have you seen enough from John Joe Kenny to think, yeah, he could be a, a good deputy for Seamus Coleman this season, or do you think he's not just going to be quite good enough for us?
1: Sadly, the latter, I think. Um, I, I don't like knocking players, but I, I think for where Everton are probably trying to aim and, and want to get to, he's he's not going to be quite good enough. I think we're obviously in a position now where he, he will deputise for Coleman when needed. Um, how far is January away? What, four months? Can we get by four months with it? Yeah, well, we're going to have to. We haven't got a choice. Um, But if if we've struggled to sort out the right back position in the summer, we're going to struggle even more in January because it's obviously a far more difficult window. You know, historically, transfer fees go up in January. Teams know you're a bit more desperate then. Um, But, you know, to answer the question, Mickie, not, not good enough in my eyes, no. Not good
5: enough. Moving away from the right-back position, Ben. One transfer that did get finalised on transfer window deadline <laughs> day was Salomon Rondon. He's going to come in and deputise for Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. A free transfer, like all he said, 31 years old. He's been around the block a bit. What are
6: your initial thoughts on that signing? The big man, eh? He's in. Reunited with his uh, favourite Gaffer and Rafa. Um, look, the difficulty thing with obviously attacking for a striker to try and get somebody in. I know we, there was a slight lynch of Edward, more pay, players like that. But how do you address a player um, and say, look, we're going to bid 15, 20 million pounds for you and you're going to sit on the bench and be understudied for Calvert Lewin and Richarlison? Probably even Hammes, who obviously sits behind the striker. But they're just, you're just not going to take it and um, they obviously wanting to uh, play the games play the matches for Everton and then Rondon was happy to come in work under Rafa he's had his best year under Rafa um, obviously an excellent point made by Jack earlier which has just stuck out for me obviously the Towns end, and obviously now Rondon and he's worked with them in his tenure when he's at Newcastle knows the players and it does make you question where we might be if, if Rafa was not and didn't have them contacts because I believe he still speaks to them two players quite regularly and that's why they ended up at our football club. So I think it's a smart deal. I feel like he's not going to light the world up, but he's solid and he's a good backup. He's um, obviously a free transfer. He's will contribute to goals when he was at Newcastle back in 2019. He was the main man, him and Iosi Perez scoring 11 times, assisting seven times. Um, and he actually went on to win. Newcastle Player of the Year in 2019. The first four to do that since the famous number nine in Alan Shearer. And he's always said Rafa was the most influential part of his game. He said he really brought him on as a player. Said he, he into. obviously got on really well with Iosi Perez. And He's a big guy. Look, he's solid. He's got the attributes. He's got the natural physique for the Premier League. Um, clearly, Rafa went to Dalian Professional and obviously spent £16.5 million pounds on Rondon two years ago to obviously take him to China. Um, and obviously, I, I, I like all the stats. I like having a little nose and seeing like how he could fit into our system. And I feel like off the bench, he, he, he has got something to offer. Um, obviously, he went on loan at CSK last year in the Russian Premier League. Um, he scored four times, assisted twice. And he had, obviously, a goal contribution every 0.75 minutes such his goals and assists. I think it's 0.48 goals per match and 0.24 assists. So he had a really a decent season. He's still got goals in him. Um, I understand it's not the big flashy, fancy sign that everyone wants to see, but who do you go out and knock on the door for? Hi, mate, do you want to come to Everton to sit on our bench and be understudy? Yeah, no thanks. It's just not going to happen. He clearly wants to learn from Rafa as well. He wants to do his coaching badges, I believe, and wants to work really closely with Rafa because you see, like, he sees the way he he coaches is better to any manager he's had previously. So I I, I can't see many negatives. Look, if we would have spent 10-15 million pounds on the guy, I would have gone, what, what on earth have we done that for? And it's pretty much the same as the Townsend sign. I've had debates with people in, on this podcast, I've had debates with people on Twitter. I feel like it's going to be a solid signing. And um, people said the same when Andrew Townsend come in. Why are we signing him? Why are we getting some Crystal Palace reject? And look at him, working his absolute socks off and he's saying the right things. We're getting players in who want to work for the shirt. Townsend's come in and he's saying, I'm so happy to be at a club like Everton. Look how big they are. And I'm the whole Everton faithful are getting behind players like that because they were cheering his name at Brighton. 89th minute, he's running over the corner putting a massive in, and he's playing for the shirt. He's happy to be here. And I'd much rather see players come in on low risk, low fee, low wage who are going to work their backsides off who know they've got to win over the crowd. And I feel like Rondon's going to be another one of them. And I feel like that's why he's here. Obviously, Benitez will know him, know his strengths, know his weaknesses. And he is a handful. Every time I watch McGoodison, he literally was like a battering ram. So as a backup, I'm happy. The fee paid, I'm happy. And the wages, I'm happy. So I can't see that many negatives to Rondon. Um, So no, happy the big man's in. Happy we got a bit of cover for that area because if Calvert-Lewin goes down you do need somebody who's going to hold up the play and obviously you have to for Charles you your Grey, your Townsend the Wobies and I feel like Rondon could be the man to do that Mick so no I'm really happy with bringing Rondon in
5: Lee Salomon Rondon I know you voiced your concerns on social media about bringing him in you weren't particularly impressed now it's all done just the settled what are your thoughts on Salomon Rondon coming
3: in listen I've got to be sensible I'll it's hard to disagree with stuff that Ben said you know, and we don't come in here to say things to get a reaction or likes or anything like that. I am a naturally quite an emotive individual, especially when it comes to Everton. Um, you know, when I'm up, I'm up; when I'm down, I'm down. When it comes to this club, I just can't help it. I've always been like that, and I probably always will be. What I will say is, I will. I would much rather have him than someone like Moise Keane. Um, You know, it's clear that he's come in; he's he's happy to be here. You know, I think he's grateful for the opportunity. He wants to work under Benitez. Um, you know, he's got the best set of fans in the world um behind him. Moise Keane had all that, but looked every second that he was at the club like he'd rather be anywhere else. Uh, you know, he, he was a sulk. He, he came across incredibly spoilt. Um, and you don't want players like that in your dressing room. Um, so from that respect, I can see where Ben's coming from and others. Um, it's just not the most exciting signing in the world. I can't see me, put it this way, on Mond- a week on Monday going, oh, I better hurry up, can't wait to get to Goodison Park and see Solomon Rondon. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to utter those words. Um, I think he'll actually do quite well. I think he'll prove to be quite useful. It's just longer term. It, it just seems like we're having to accept where we are at the minute and all of this sort of momentum and ambition from the last... Four or five years has maybe come to a, a halt a little bit. But listen, who knows? I've, I've seen one or two comments on social media which have rung true to me. Everton seemed to do better when we're the underdog and our backs are against the wall and maybe expectations are a little little, little bit lower. Because let's be honest, when expectations have risen in the past three or four years, we've stunk the gaff out. We've, we've com- been complete letdowns and we've flattered to deceive. So, maybe just maybe this season, with expectations a little bit lower uh, within the within the support outside of the club, you know we'll go on to surprise a few people. You know that the starts being great, and if we can carry that on, and that includes Rondon, um, then you never know. Um, the, the signs are there that we could have a better season than last season. But let's not forget we threw away a golden opportunity to finish in the top four, never mind the top six. And if that home form would have been improved, then we we would have got it. And that's with a squad that you guys have quite rightly pointed out is arguably worse than the one that we've been left with now. Um so yeah, it is a bit frustrating the way things have been left. He's not the most exciting of additions. Um, but let's hope he surprises me and a few others, because I'll be right behind him and I'll be made up if he does.
5: Paulie, another outgoing on transfer deadline day was Niles Kunku, who went to standard Liège on loan for one season. Did that one surprise you? You know, as a former left-back, did that one surprise you that Nkunku's left and it's now left us quite short for left-back cover for Luca Dean?
2: Yes, it did. Um, I like the kid. He showed in a few games he's been involved that he, he's got something. Um, mostly going forward, more of a, say, a, a wing-back. I don't know. And out and out, full back, but it looks like he's got the ability. Um, I think obviously, Tira Small obviously ripping his contract up as well. Um, to leave, so but we are short, um, at left back. So it did surprise me. Are the club thinking of him in the future that it'll be beneficial for him to go and learn his trade and actually get at least 20 games under his belt to develop and be better for him to do that now than, um sit on the bench and play a bit part at Everton um, behind Lucas Digne, And then you've got obviously Godfrey who's played there and, and has done reasonably well. Um, I, I'll just go back to what I said earlier on. Yeah, disappointed he's gone, because I like I would like to see a lot more of him. But I think maybe the club, maybe with the financial fair play, they need to get as much as they can off the wage bill, whether it's small or big, That so every penny counts. And, and there's an option for him personally to go and play football, develop, get a pathway into a, a more experienced player to come back to the football club as a better player these loan systems do work sometimes they do sometimes they don't if you look at John Joe Kenny's uh, prime example really went out went to Germany he, he started off pretty well went to Celtic last year and it didn't really work out for him and he sort of gonna kind of got a backward step a little bit but fingers crossed Nakuka goes over there develops comes back as a better player and then he'd be pushing Lucas Dane for next season that's the only way you've got to look at it but yeah I am disappointed he's gone but I feel because we're out of Europe we can't, we've got many defenders there with Godfrey. Basically, can play anywhere across that back four or five. Um, it's just obviously in the big games, knowing our Look, I just feel that we'll have a weakened side against the at the big crowd. But I agree with what Lee said when our expectations aren't as high. I think we seem to be together a lot more. The players seem to fight for the jersey a lot more. The fans get behind them a lot more. When we've seen that we spent a lot of money, expectations have gone up. We feel or we'll try and act like we're. Real Madrid saying play football, but we're not actually at that level yet. Um, and maybe, fingers crossed, it it could be one of them seasons where we've got to fight for the jersey, put the effort in, show a lot more pace um, and get the crowd up. You know, We've had COVID, been desperate to go back. And the start's been good. It's been an easy start, uh, but you've just got to win what's in front of you. So fingers crossed, the lads can keep improving. The Rafa will know, you know where we need to improve on um, and keep this run of games going. Um, But going back to your question, yeah, I am disappointed Uh, he has left, but you have just got to try and think of the bigger picture that when he comes back, he'll be a bit more rounded Uh, and probably more ready to play in the Premier League.
5: Jack, one player that didn't leave on transfer deadline day was James Rodriguez. Obviously, he'd been linked with a move away to AC Milan, FC Porto. Hasn't trained that much at Finch Farm over the last couple of weeks due to COVID, supposedly, and a few of the little things. Where do you think Everton now need to go with Hamas Rodriguez? We've obviously got a player, our highest earner, sitting at the club, like Lee and Ben have both said, probably our most talented player on paper. What do you now expect Everton to do with Hamas Rodriguez? Well, I know what I would
1: do, and I'd get him fit as soon as I possibly could and, and get him in that squad. Um, look, it's, it's pretty obvious he doesn't fit his sort of style, has made it clear that he was, you know, he could leave the club, but he hasn't left the club. And like you said, the amount of money he is on, it would be ridiculous to just throw him in it, you know, getting him training with the first team or the reserves, but not picking him in a matchday squad. Um, he, he's very talented. He's he's a terrific footballer. We know all this. Um, I think it would be crazy not to get him back in around, like I said, the first team football as soon as they possibly can. Where does he fit in the team? I'm not sure. Um, I think home matches against teams that sit in, that would then maybe potentially nullify Damari Gray a little bit more with his pace. Would Hammers be better suited in that role then? Maybe not in place of Damari Gray, but... Trying to unlock a defence sort of in behind Calvert Lewin or Um, But Everton aren't in a position to have a player earning, what, 180, pounds £190,000 a week and not having them anywhere near the first team squad. Um, and 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 Hames and Rafa just need to sit down, swallow a bit of pride, you know, have a conversation. Yep, yeah, Rafa won a grid. Yeah, Hamer's probably wanted to go, but it hasn't worked out. And just turn around and say, right, for the next four months, I'll give it, I'll give it my all. Um, you know, he's been paid handsomely for it. You know, he should be working hard. And if something comes up in January and, and it works for all parties, then we could look at letting him go. Then, but in the meantime, let's use him. Um, I, I, I know some of the lads on here have already said, you know, I'm, I'd, I'd love to see him in the flesh. Didn't obviously get to see him last year. Um, So, yeah, pretty straightforward for me. Get him fit, get him in the first team squad and we go from there, mate.
5: Ben, do you agree with Jack there, with James? Obviously this current Everton team are working very hard. They're fighting for each other. Like you said, people like Andros Townsend making 89th minute tackles and putting the body on the line. Would you now integrate James back into the squad?
6: Well, I said before, he's arguably our best player at the football club and uh, you want your best players playing football and I've had a little study to see like where he could potentially fit because, look, Benitez's side works very, very hard. They do. The wing, as you can see, even Damari Gray, who some Leicester fans and other fans say, oh no, he doesn't work back, has worked his, his arse off over the past few games and it's, it's really compensated, obviously, Coleman and Dean and we've looked a lot more solid and we've looked like a unit. But, where I think he could potentially fit into this side is if, if you watch Everton when we play obviously the 4-4-2 with two up fronts, we don't do a lot of defending from the front. Um, obviously, there's a, there's not that much of a very high press if you watch Everton. We watched at Brighton and I think we were saying we're getting in the first 20 minutes, we're getting a bit over swamped because we, we, weren't, we don't press very high. Uh, we kind of left the teams off the ball. So if you're Calvert-Lewin and even Richarlison, and just say, for instance, we had a bit of a winger issue and Richarlison goes back out into the wing. Um, what's to say James can slot in as a bit of like a false nine behind Dom, Rondon or Richarlison, depending on who's playing where and what injuries? Because I think there's a, there's a slot for him. Um, and we've seen obviously when he was playing for Everton last season that he does. He's not gonna, he's not he hasn't got speed, he hasn't got natural speed, but he's got his first touch is unbelievable and he t- he gets his space with his touch. So when he played at that false nine, I think it was the game, um, I think it was against Wolves away where he played that role. Um and he, he performed very, very well. And he was dropping in onto the, the six as well, and he was winning back the ball. He's just not expected to work as hard as the other players. So if we're gonna stick with this formation as a four-four-two, then I could see him potentially sitting in at, at the top of the the uh, the top of the two and being told just, just to be a bit of a nuisance, but you're not expected to get back. But when we get the ball, you need to drop in and you need to turn and you've got to look for them. Your Damari Grays, your Townsend, your Richarlison, your Calvert-Lewins, running a pace at speed. Because look, he's got one of the closest ball controls in the game, no question. And he can get out of his feet and he's got the vision, he's got the technique to get the ball in front of somebody 50 yards away. He can do them balls with his eyes closed. And if you can get him fit and adjusted around the squad, then I feel like he can be a real, real asset going forward. Now, people have been saying, obviously, the other formations, so you go back to your 4-1, four, one, four, one, shall we say, and p- play him a bit of like a number 10. Um, and then you have two wingers either side, um, Calvert-Lewin off front, but like a diamond, and he gets given like the free roll there. Now, I quite like the way we're setting up at the moment with the 4-4-2. Uh, I feel like we're leaving a lot of players further up the field and we can break quicker um, when we get the ball shot. you got out balls either side. So I wouldn't be changing the system completely to shoot one player, Mick. That's not what I want to achieve. I'm just trying to find a place where he can come on and slot straight into and just obviously get his fitness levels up to. And I feel like there is a spot for him up there. And I'm just... All I'm excited for, Mick, is for a decent corner. I haven't seen a decent corner this season. I know Dean's had a few, Townsend had a few. And we haven't either beat the first man or they've been too long. and It's just been a real issue for me with the amount of corners we've been getting and not generating any chances from. So, no, arguably our best player. I'm, like Jack said before, I just want to see him live. I want to just watch to see just how good this boy is. We've seen it on TV seen it when he's played for Columbia and you can you can admire him from your, your sky remote as a lot of fans do at other clubs so we say but I want to just watch him live watch how good he is watch where he stands how he gets this space because he's brilliant and he is a superstar and if he's still at the club then we've got to get him in the team So we've got to play him so I feel like there's a, there's definitely a position for him and imagine having Imagine turning your nose up a Hammers, Rodriguez and saying, oh, we need him out the door. Just imagine, imagine not putting him on your bench when you've got a player like that who's training with the first team. He's potentially even an option off the bench if you want to, you're you, you 2-0 up, say, and you want to just keep hold of the ball. He will keep hold of the ball all day, knock it around. He moves, he asks for the ball. There's definitely a player and there's definitely a position for him in that team, Mick, and I really want to see him get his chance. So, Benitez, I know you don't live far from me and Kaldi, so if you're listening, mate, short your differences out, get him fit, get him back in the team, and let's see what he can do with a full good behind him.
5: Lee, a lot of talk is now happening on social media about Carlo Ancelotti, and it's now come to fruition that obviously Everton didn't have a lot of money to spend, and that's why Carlo has gotten off and off to Madrid. Do you now have maybe a little bit of sympathy with Carlo Ancelotti, who maybe sat there at the start of this window and looked at everything that was happening around him and thought... This isn't for me. This is a very big job. Cash strapped. A lot of wheeling and dealing. I didn't sign up for this. What are your thoughts on now the transfer window is shut on that one, on that front?
3: Sympathy. Sympathy for Carlo Ange, no, don't think so, Mick. You know, he's not going to get any sympathy from me. Um, and I doubt he'll get any sympathy from many, if any, Evertonians. Um, you know, if, if he thinks that a few constraints on finances and having to get the best out of players and actually coach them is too much for him then it doesn't say much about him as a manager does it and i dare say we're 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 better off without him um certainly the early signs are that we are i, th- I think his attitude and his application in the second half of last season was pretty disgraceful um he didn't look like he wanted to be there he wasn't even celebrating goals uh, we've mentioned before you know the difference between the setup this season so far. and I know it is only early days, and pictures have been relatively kind. But you know, we we look drilled. We look like we've got tactics and and, and an idea. Last year, it was literally just putting eleven players out in the pitch and saying go and play. Now, Rafa Benitez isn't going to accept that. Not of James Rodriguez either. By the way, I know we've just spoken about him, but the expectations of him are going to be a lot different. Um, so whether he can adapt to, to that or not, we don't know. Um, but no, I've got zero sympathy for that man. I think he's sold us down the river told us all what we want to hear but ultimately when the sniff of railroads come along he's got off um quicker than you can say eyebrows or whatever he's now nah, he's he was a fraud at our club um you know he, he let us down uh, when we needed him he put us in a predicament um and I don't I don't care what people say or what backlash that we get he's good riddance to him um, I'm glad he's gone from our club and I'm and I'm much happier with Rafael Benitez being at the helm. Mm.
5: Borley, what are your thoughts? Does this summer now prove why Rafael Benitez was employed by Everton Football Club, a safe pair of hands, so to speak, to steady the ship through a turbulent couple of transfer windows due to our
2: financial restrictions? Maybe so. Um, yeah, I just agree with what Lee said. I think, Carlo just realised, he'd come out in the media He said, I'm not a magician. That just proved to me he wasn't up for the hard work of getting the lads at Finch Farm and t- coaching them. Um, and that's what you want. You want to get the best out of that players you've got in front of you. And he wasn't willing to do the hard work. He knew we were a project. We knew we weren't going to be you know, winning the league in the first year. So, we, you know, we, he signed a few-year deal um, and he wasn't up for it. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Lee. Glad he's out. We brought Rafford in, I feel, to sort of steady the ship and to use his football announced to get the best out of the players that were already at the football club already. I know it's still early days, but already he looked at the squad last season and it was, um, I think we all knew what we were lacking, but he's he spotted it and brought in players to, to bring a different dimension to how we play football. And with the Rondon situation, if DCL needs to have a rest or... or you know, he's, he's out for a couple of games like he was last season, but Rondon is going to be a similar style target, man, that will have to change our style too much. Uh, like we did have to do last year when DCL was out, we had to sort of tweak so many positions to try and find a, a way of winning a football game. Um, so I think he's, he's got an idea of how he wants to set up his teams. Um, and he's just trying to find the right personnel who can help him achieve better than what we did last year. Um, and I feel the club will be happy if they obviously push for the top six, great. Um, But, you know, it's one of them where we just got to take it week by week and and fight week by week. Um, Raf has already showed he's got a certain style. He'll still choose different personnel, uh, no matter on favouritism. Um, to win a football game, and he showed that already in a few games. He's been he's been in charge, and that's what you want. You don't want favourites just to play because I like you You're my best mate, or we've got a relationship in the past. You know, you know, we tweaked and changed it because he thought that's the best eleven to go out and win a football game, and that's what you want from now to the end of the season. You know, he's old enough, he's wise enough, and he, he you know, numerous times he's said he said he's a professional man, and he, he's proven that so far. So let's hope he can get the best out of these players and we have a, you know, a good successful season and we can see a lot of goals at Goodison Park and the, and the away fans and, and have an enjoyment season uh, we don't know where we're going to be, a lot of teams have, have improved, well they brought in a lot of players, they've spent a lot of money but we know that's ourselves, that that's not always the answer they need time to gel, are they ready to bounce straight into the Premier League and, and hit the heights that they're going to be expecting, they're going to have the pressure on their shoulders that we've had in the past when we brought in big players and it you know, it hasn't really worked for one reason or another. So it is what it is now. I think the the squad's a little bit tighter um, and I feel Rafford is, is the main man and what he says is going. And I think the players are listening to him and they're enjoying their football. It looks like they're enjoying the football to me. Uh, they, they're, they're running a lot more. They look a lot fitter. And it's a perfect time for Hammers now, International Week, to get fit. You know, he can put decent sessions in at Finch Farm. He can do double sessions, triple sessions and it's up to his mentality. And I'm sure he probably would like to, would have liked to leave, but it hasn't happened. He's here and I'm sure he'll want to show the good and faithful what he's all about. And if he's got that mentality about him, great. Um, if he hasn't, it'd be really disappointing um, because I think he's got that special differences that can break and win us games. Um, and I and I feel that like what Ben said, we, we can, can tweak with the formation slightly, but even if you play Richie up front, uh, if DCL's out and, and Hammers in behind, we could always find a position for him. Um, bring him on to winners' games, bring him on to to see games out. Um, I'd start him. He's our best player. Um, And you want competition for places and I'm sure if if Rafa is a professional man, he will find a place for Hamid Rodriguez to to win us football games in the future. Um mm. I'm making a prediction and in a couple of weeks, Lee will be singing, we do run, 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 we do run, <laughs> run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to go we'll down listen. too well in the Gladys streets. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, were, we were number one this time last year, so I'm hoping and Fingers crossed we'll be number one in the charts again. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jack, to summarise, Grey, Townsend, Begovic, Rondon and Lonergan in. Nine first-team outgoings, Bernard, Pennington, balassi King, Beningami, Walcott, and Kunku, Virginia and Mo Besic. So taking it all into account, five in, nine out. Out of ten, what's your transfer window score, Jack?
1: I'll give it a six with the caveat that if they'd got a right-back who could have really pushed Coleman, like Dean did with Baines, definitely then it'd go to a seven maybe seven and a half sort of thing um one quick thing i would say Mick: we all knew this transfer window the outs were probably more important than the ins and to get nine off the books bernard keen big earners um you know not not easy to do that um so it's, it's not all doom and gloom is what i would say it's not all doom and gloom
6: mm, ben same question to you um <clears throat> Yeah, echo what Jack said there. Probably five out of ten for me. Um, if we would have got a right back, we would have pushed it up to seven out of ten. But look, I'm just going to summarise on this. We spent £1.6 million and I still feel like we've had a better transfer window than Arsenal. We've spent £150 million. I feel like we've recruited better than them. But i have just gutted we couldn't get a right back in. I really am gutted. So yeah, five out of ten. I just feel like Master Brands have plenty of time to sort that issue out. And we live and we learn, pray for no injuries in that position. Um, and hopefully we can carry on with the form we've had this season. Lee, same question to you. Um, I said four before. I think this
3: podcast cheered me up a little bit, so I'm going to go five. Um, like everyone else, it would have been bumped up to a seven, seven and a half if we'd have got a right back in. But I'm not getting carried away. But the way we've started the season, I fully expect us to win the double.
5: <laughs> but, well, what's, what's your initial thoughts and score on the transfer window
2: yeah and I fully agree with the lads yes we would like it to be a, a lot better than what we thought but um, it is what it is it wasn't a shock so yeah that's, that's a stick with a five and there we
5: go guys transfer windows closed five in nine out probably not the transfer window we all hoped for we all were wishing counting down the days we were hoping for that right back to come in in the meantime we'll be back with all the fallout and all the talk from Burnley at home, which is on Monday night. In the meantime, take care and stay safe. All the very best. Thank you.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.